Welcome to term one, session one. When we study the life of Jesus, the first thing we must understand is that it isn't a life that is only limited to 33 years on earth, but one that began in eternity past and that continues on into forever, into the future. Amen? Additionally, our studies will be primarily based on God's Word, with occasional insights taken from historical documents, which is what I was discussing with you, when deemed necessary or perhaps just interesting. Okay, again, they're not gospel. Okay? So let's begin in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, where the Bible states definitively that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, let me just stop there just for a second. We'll talk about this more in a minute, but people always wondering where it all came from. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 answers the question. But people don't like that. They want to evolve. They don't want to be a creation of God. It's very sad, isn't it, that we lower ourselves on the totem pole to the place of, you know, something that crawled out of some goop somewhere by accident, grew legs and hands somehow, okay, and fight for the right to be that, than to be in the image of the Creator Himself. All right? Now, this is almost identical. We'll talk more about that in, as we go along. This is almost identical to John chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, where the Apostle John writes, In the beginning was the Word. So we have in the beginning God. Watch the parallel, okay? And here we have in the beginning was the Word. And now you're going to understand why John starts like Genesis. All right? John's focus is Jesus Christ as God. He's not just a man, he is God. That's why in John's Gospel, we're going to find that he, and we're going to go through all four Gospels. You're going to know all of them, <laughs> okay? When you look at John's Gospel, you don't see anything of Jesus Christ's boyhood, childhood, nothing. It just begins with, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, He presents Him as God, then He moves into John, the, you know, talks about the light and so on, moves into the witness of John coming in and saying this is the true light and then moves straight into the ministry. Okay, so it just travels at an incredible speed because John wants his readers to know this isn't some man, this is God. All you people murdered God in a sense, <laughs> okay, which is why, yeah, anyway. Um, Okay, I have to be careful what I say. Alright, getting back to this. So we have John that parallels Genesis, where it says again, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. I want you to think about this for a minute. Because when we look at Genesis, it says in the beginning God created. Did you catch that? And now John says, it was all created by the Word. Draw the parallels. Alright, so we have created in Genesis. We have in the beginning God created. And then we have John saying, in the beginning, beginning was the Word. And then he goes on to say, all things were created by Him. Now that's really interesting. But, and notice, it didn't stop there. It says, and without Him was not anything made that was made. That's a really strong statement. 
I think people still have issue with that. Especially the Jews. <laughs> okay? They just believe, you know, it's God and, and it's the Father and that's it. It's the only, only thing that exists. God is one. There's one God and that, that's the end of it. Except we always keep getting there's this trinity. Are you all here? All right. So John then identify who is, who identifies who is actually behind the creation of all things. And when he continues on in verses 14 through 17. Now he's going to be very clear about who this is. Sorry. Page one turn. It says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And John bore witness of him and cried out, saying, this was he whom I said, he who comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness we have all received, and grace for grace. We'll look at all these verses in detail. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. I think that's really beautiful. The law was given through Moses, but what did Jesus bring? Grace and truth. Hallelujah. See, this is the reason why the law can't save. The law will tell you everything you do wrong, but only grace and truth can save you. Amen? If not for the grace of God. In short, Jesus Christ created all things, and why even the Apostle Paul says in um, Colossians chapter 1, verses 16 and 17, for by Him, that's Christ, were all things created. Now, let me just stop here for a minute. The point that I was wanting you to see in John chapter 1 in verses 14 and 17, verse 14 says the Word became flesh, and verse 17 says who it was. And that's Jesus Christ, because not everybody understands where in that Christ is. All right? So we are clearly told that that was Jesus Christ. All right? He was the one that was made flesh. Now we get to Colossians. I'm doing all this for a reason, because we're going to look at a time before Genesis 1-1, or, or after Genesis 1-1, but before Genesis 1-2. It says again, I know people have theories on that, but let me just tell you my story and we'll move on, okay? <laughs> it's a nice story. It says, for by him were all things created. Once again, we come back to this. All things were created by him, all right? That are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, I'm in Colossians 1.16, all things were created by him and for him. Are you missing a page or something? It's all there? Oh, okay. I, I didn't check every page. I'm sorry. So if anything is wrong, please let me know. Okay. All right. <clears throat> Notice again, he says, all things, in Colossians 1.16, all things were created by him and for him. Now that's interesting. If we don't miss this, did, uh, have, have I missed something? Or? No? No, I think we jumped from there to there. It seems like we've from Did I put, is there something else in there that I haven't updated my file? How about I preach from this book? Because I don't know, I've made changes, and you guys got all the new stuff, I didn't. So. Let me continue from here. 
I am. I do apologize. I'll go and recheck. I thought I reprinted everything, but obviously I didn't reprint everything. See, these are good notes. I can preach from them too, all right? What did I miss? Okay. So, <laughs> all right. I'll, I'll preach from here. Let's just preach from here. Okay, so notice the phrase again in John 1.14. Yeah, see, that's where it is. All right. <laughs> where it says that the Word became flesh, indicating that He wasn't this way before His incarnation. Now, that's really important. That He, he had to become this in order to be able to dwell among us. All right? See, that's something else that's going to lead to the pre-existence of Christ. He had to give something up to become like us. And we're going to see how much he gave up. When we look at Christ in the Old Testament, you are going to have a whole new respect for him. And then you're going to understand why he's going to stand and say there is one greater than standing before you. Okay? Because they're all saying, well, of Abraham, he goes, going to say, one greater than him here. All right? Okay? Now, thank you. I appreciate you letting me know something wasn't right there. I, I'll go and recheck my notes. Bad pastor. All right. So, did I miss anything else, or was everything else good up to then? Yeah, everything was good? Okay, thank you. All right. So, so again, he said, it, it, this tells us that he wasn't this way before his incarnation, but he had to become this in order to be able to dwell among us. And why Hebrews 2.14 actually says, because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, Jesus also became flesh and blood by being born in human form. That's very clear, isn't it? Okay, I don't think I have to explain that. In fact, we get a glimpse of what John chapter 1 talks about in what Jesus goes on to reveal in John chapter 17 and verse 5 when he says, And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. Wow. That's pretty strong. Can you imagine the Pharisees hearing that? Oh, they'd be picking up stones to stone him. Jesus lived on the edge, man. Every time he opened his mouth, some Pharisee wanted to throw a rock at him, you know? You will see this as we go. The fact of the matter is, Jesus Christ existed in heaven long before he ever came to this earth in the form of a man. And why he said in John 3.13, No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. See, remember before Jesus, now you need to remember this, before Jesus died, and this tells us something as well, before Jesus died, everybody that died didn't go to heaven, they went to paradise in hell. There was an area in hell that was reserved and kept separate, okay? It was called paradise, okay? Abraham's bosom. Weird name, but anyway. All right, okay? But it was paradise. That's the reason why the, the rich man could see Lazarus, because you can't see heaven from hell, but you can see another part of hell from hell. Do you understand? And he, remember he said there's a great gulf between us. There's this huge di divide between us. All right? And he, he was saying, I can't come down to you. This is not going to work. Okay? You're there. We're here. That's the end of it. <laughs> okay? All right. So this again shows us that only Jesus Christ was with the Father until this time. After this, he's going to take all of them up with him. What a glorious day that's going to be. Okay, that's why they're so excited when he came. All right, <coughs> excuse me. In fact, the New Living Translation, uh, in the New Living Translation, it says, For only I, the Son of Man, have come to earth and will return to heaven again. 
Alright, so he's saying he's the only one that has come from there and will be going back there. In that, not that he's the only one going there, okay, but has come from there. Do you understand the difference? Okay, we're born here and then we go there. He's the only one that came from there. So he knows what he's talking about. Alright, later in the same gospel, when his disciples are having some issues with some of the things he was revealing to them about communion, things to do with eating his flesh and drinking his blood, it was freaking everybody out. Okay, he challenges them with the question, this is in John 16, 62, what then if you see the Son of Man ascend where he was before? Did you, did you get that? He says, what then if you should see the Son of Man ascend where he was before? Wow, because that's exactly what's going to happen in the book of Acts. They're going to go, he's, they're going to be sitting, they're going to be standing and watching him just go straight up. And they're going to be looking into an empty sky after a while. And the angels are going to be sitting there and going, I think somebody ought to say something to them. Because they're not going to go anywhere. You know, and then that's why when they said, why are you looking? He's going to come back. You know, it's like, go, do your work. <laughs> Get on with it. All right. So... <clears throat> But not only did Jesus Christ exist in eternity past, but according to uh, John 1.3, we're also told that all things were made by Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. In other words, besides His pre-existence, Jesus Christ was also the Creator again of all things. That's why the Apostle Paul says, For by Him were all things created in heaven, uh, that are in heaven, excuse me, and that are in earth, visible and invisible. Now that's that's so key. Everything that we can see and everything that we cannot see. Oh, that brings something up, doesn't it? There are things that were created that we can't see that are real. Did you hear what I said? And they were created as much as we were created, they were created. They exist. They take up space. <laughs> okay? Do you understand? They're not in your imagination. Alright? And he says, whether they be thrones or dominions, and we're going to look at all this, or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. Now that's incredible what this is saying. As I said to you before, remember that everything was created by him and for him. That's going to be a key thing when one of his creations tries to tempt him. You see, this is why it's so important that you see all of this. If you don't see this, then you are going to miss everything that's going to happen in the Gospels. You are going to miss what was actually going on with Jesus Christ when He was going to the cross. You're going to miss everything that He was trying to say before He went. He's going to look, kind of look like this, you know, worn down, torn down. Oh, is there any way around this God? You know, please get me out of this kind of, you know, that, that sort of um, picture that has been painted, and we understand why it's been painted. There are verses, when you read them, it, it, it tends toward that. But you can't just look at those verses without looking at all of the rest. Without understanding who He really is. And then maybe we can begin to understand something else of what He's trying to say. Because when you begin to realize 
that everything was created by him and for him. And one of those things that were created for him, remember everything was created by him and for him. See, if, if you created something for you and it didn't work, you'd squish it. I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> hey, you created it for you. It wasn't for anybody else, it was for you. It decided to rebel, you know, goodbye. See you later, I'll make another one. Because he can make another one. Are you all here? And this is the reason why we need to understand how much Jesus gave up and how much he suffered at the hand, listen to me, of his creations both on earth and in the spirit realm. Did you get that? Because not only were the people he created crucifying him, but what was behind that was one of the angels that he created as well. Do you get this now? Okay, I told you this is an awesome course. I hope you're getting this revelation because if you begin to see this now and you will see Jesus Christ in a whole new light. He isn't that little Jesus that everybody's running around and going, do you want Jesus? I love the little post, you know, the two little witnessing mice at the other mice door and saying, we want to talk to you about Jesus. <laughs> oh, that really worked, man. Because <laughs> I, I do that too, you know. I call him the dairy god, you know. <laughs> I want to share with you about Jesus. <laughs> My son loved cheese, and so we used to talk about it that way. Anyway, so <clears throat> back to this. And it says, he is before all things, and by him all things consist. In the New Living Translation, Colossians 1.17 actually says, he existed before everything else began. And he holds all creation together. I love that. So not only did he exist before everything, all right, but he's the one that holds everything together. Now that makes more sense when you realize he created all things. Obviously, he's going to hold it all together. Interesting, isn't it? You know, somebody said God is dead. Well, if he was dead, you'd be dead. Actually, it's true. <laughs> things would fall apart like you would not believe. We have no idea how much God is holding everything together. We have no idea. All right. Anyway. All right. This usually leads to the question then, what about God the Father? The answer is found in what Jesus himself says in John chapter 5, verses 26 through 30. And that is, For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son to have life in himself. So the origin of life itself is God the Father, while the origin of our life is Jesus Christ. Okay, again, according to John 1.4, which said, In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. That was our life. Now, are you getting the progression? Are you seeing this now? Okay, so God has the life, which was given to the Son, which was given to us. So ultimately, we have God's life. But remember, the Son is also God. Amen? So it's no less a life because it came from the Son. All right. And he says, and has given him, that's the Son, authority to execute judgment also because he is the Son of Man. Therefore, even though Jesus will judge all things, it is only because he has been given permission by the Father to do so. So if people are having issues with, well, you know, it seems like you're trying to make, you know, Jesus God, uh, the Father, it's, of, of course not. Okay? And this is where it all 
fixes it all up. Do you understand? So you understand that God is the ultimate, ultimate authority. But, but as the ultimate authority, he can give whoever he wants the authority to do whatever he says they can do. Alright, so Jesus says, the Father has given me that right to judge. This is what's going to shock all the non-Christians when they hit heaven. It's not the Father that's going to judge them. Do you understand? It's Jesus. I want to say more about that, but I won't, because we'll get there. All right. Are we good still? Are we following? Okay. All right. All right. <clears throat> Verse 28. He says, Do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the res re resurrection of condemnation. I can of myself do nothing. As I hear the Father, I judge, and my judgment is righteous because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. Now that's really interesting for God the Son to say. So when he says, you can do nothing without me, he understands he can't do anything without the Father either. All right? It's a chain. It works. All right? Doesn't make it any less. This is not going down the chain. This is going across the chain. <laughs> okay? Ever since man's fall, everything is top to bottom. Everything before the fall was sideways. Do you understand? Because God's not looking. You see, God doesn't have an inferiority complex. He doesn't have all those issues. He doesn't say, well, I made you. I'm better than you. You know, if you have to say that, then you're probably not. Do you understand? See, in himself, God knows. All right? And we understand that. We understand that the creator is greater than the creation. Always will be. Okay? Full stop. All right. So let's get back to this. In other words, God the Son is both creator and judge because of the authority that was given to him by God the Father, who is both the supreme judge and the ultimate authority in the universe. Is everybody good with that? Okay. That's the Father's position in relation to the Son, even though they are both equally God. All right, we have to keep going back to that one fact. They are still both equally God. There's not one less than the other. Amen. Now as to the fact that all the appearances of God in the Old Testament, in the Old Testament were actually the pre-incarnate Christ. Now you're going to get to know that word really well. Right? Pre-incarnate Christ, all right? As opposed to the Father or the Holy Spirit is brought out in what the Apostle John reveals to us in John chapter 1 and verse 18. Where he says, no one has ever seen God. All right? That tells us straight away that nobody has seen the Father. Okay, which means he was never down here. Did you get that? Alright, and it says, but he's his only son, who is himself God, is near to the Father's heart. He, the Son, has told us about him. That's the Father. In fact, based on this statement, the Apostle John then goes on to include an incident that took place with the Jews just 18 chapters later that further confirmed this fact, where Jesus says in John chapter 8, beginning in verse 56, and we'll read through to 58. Your father Abraham rejoiced 
to see my day. Oh, this is going to go down really well with the Jews. Okay? And he saw it and was glad. Oh, Jesus, don't tell them this. Then the Jews said to him, you are not yet 50 years old, and you have seen Abraham? You can tell they're spitting at him almost. And Jesus said to them, most assuredly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Oh, don't say that, Jesus, because they know that's another word for God. God is the great I am. He wasn't was, he wasn't going to be, he am. Bad English, but you get it. Okay? All right, there. With God, there's no was or will be, it's always am. All right? He's existing like in our now all the time. Amen. And uh, to help clarify what was actually being said, J. Ramsey Michaels writes, with these words, Jesus says, he has seen Abraham, he was alive in Abraham's time and long before. Hallelujah. And it is because they fully understood this to be what Jesus meant that it goes in the same verse 59, and they took up stones to throw at him. <laughs> yeah, right. Of course they're going to do that. Because he had just proclaimed himself to be God, and in particular the God of Abraham. And I put in brackets, worshipped by Abraham. See, they never got that. They're about to stone the guy that the person that they claim to be descendants of worshipped him. Is that a difficult statement again? Yeah, it was a bit complicated for trying that, isn't it? The person, they say they are children of Abraham. Their father Abraham worshipped Christ. They want to kill him. How's that going to go down with daddy? Not well. <laughs> Amen? See, this is where there's... Uh, that's why, you know, Jesus is going to say, there's going to be weeping and gnashing of teeth. You know what the weeping is? They're going to realize that that was the Christ. That was the Messiah. That was the one that their father Abraham saw. And they missed him. In fact, they killed him. All right. But Jesus hid himself. I love this. How do you hide yourself? Uh, seriously. I mean, he's right there. As if one little Jew couldn't find him. Come on, give me a break, guys. I mean, this is not, you know, when people are angry, oh, they can, they can spot you a mile away. And when you're right in front of them, this is a supernatural act. One of the translations actually says he hid within himself. I would have loved to have seen that. Can you imagine? This is why I said we need to make a movie. This is just, you know, it's ridiculous, pathetic, some of the movies that are out there. I would just, it was it's almost like Jesus literally disappeared in front of their eyes and just walked off. Can you just imagine go, where'd he go? Somebody must have seen him. <laughs> you know? He just went. Hallelujah. Anyway. So he says again, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them. He went right through them. He went right, he didn't, he didn't say behind columns, under the floorboards, through the ceiling. Did you get that? Right through the middle of them he walked out. Oh, thank you Jesus. Alright, so with all this in mind, uh, do we have time? Yes, let's go on with this. Two minutes, no, no. Do you want to take a break? Let's take a break and come back to this. And I'll leave you some time for questions as well.